Yes, people, welcome back to Process and welcome back to Brendan Pearson Fitness. Um, obviously, I don't know if you're watching this on YouTube or on a podcast platform, but I was approached by my uh, one of my, my first ever PT, Mr. Graham Turner, uh, who was a big influence on me when I was younger, big influence on my uh, pursuit of being a personal trainer in, my, in the fitness industry. Uh, but he asked me to come into his summit or do a summit, like a live sort of seminar kind of thing in his men's mastery group. Um, so I decided to put the video together, obviously send it over to him, but I decided to also put it together for a podcast. So I thought it'd be an interesting thing for everybody to listen to um, and just, just hopefully you enjoy it. But it's just me talking about men's health, some of the issues that I see commonly from working with male clients um, in terms of their physical and mental health as well. Um, and just certain areas that we that really need to be addressed in terms of their mental health, in terms of their physical health, physical health how we can address them. Uh, and some of the, the modern day issues that men face these days. So it's a little bit of a waffle for 30 minutes. So if you like listen to me waffling, stay, stay tuned and, and, and listen to the video. Um, yeah, and hopefully you enjoy it. So we'll jump straight into it, transfer over to me 20 minutes ago. Uh, and yeah, enjoy the video. Hi everyone, I'm Brendan Pearson. I am an online coach and a personal trainer based in Newcastle. Um, I was one of Graham's clients for many years. I was an ex-professional footballer and that was when I started working with Graham at the age of 14. Uh, so when Graham messaged me and got in touch with me to join the Men's Mastery Group, I really wanted to get involved. Unfortunately, I don't have the availability and time uh, to come and do one of the live seminars uh, on one of the live summits. So I thought I'd make a little video, um, almost in a little bit of a podcast kind of fashion, the way that I kind of like to do my podcast process. Just talking about the more of the physical and mental side, more, more in terms of the fitness, the health and fitness side um, of obviously men's health, which is what the obviously topic of the summit is and trying to empower men and obviously try and benefit. Uh, hopefully this obviously conversation benefits everybody as best as possible. So in terms of the areas that I really want to look at is going to be based around the areas that I've found um, men really suffer with from my experience working with them one-to-one, -one, from my own life experience, especially in football uh, and some of the areas that I see that commonly we talk about face-to-face -face with clients, online with clients and areas that they struggle with and areas that they can maybe improve on to help improve their physical and mental health. Um, and obviously that obviously transfer, transfers over into their career and their lifestyle. So a few notes that I'm uh, jotted down. Um, one of the big, but the main thing that I see commonly with men these days is what I like to call as the low testosterone lifestyle. So this is a lifestyle of being overworked, being burnt out, being underslept, um, poor food choices, maybe overeating, eating junk foods, eating at times that probably shouldn't be eating too late at night, overconsumption of caffeine, um, overconsumption of alcohol, which is a big thing, which I'll touch on later on, um, having a very low sex drive, issues in their relationship, not being completely content with life, and always looking for an escape out there. So that's one of the, the, well, the main areas, what I like to kind of classify as the low testosterone lifestyle, a lifestyle that kind of sucks what, what it means to be a man away from, from you. Um, so there's lots of ways we can obviously identify that, first of all, and also improve on that. Um, so first of all, first thing I mentioned, being overworked, I feel like there's a massive pressure on men these days to have a high expectation in terms of work, to be to be wealthy, to make a lot of money, to drive a nice car, to have a nice house, to have a good girl, a girl, a good looking girlfriend, a good looking wife, whatever it is. There's a lot of pressure to achieve something, not just from social media, obviously me being from a younger generation, there is that big pressure um, on social media to live to a high expectation. Obviously I'm 26, there's a lot of people who are very successful, have massive business, businesses at the age of 26. And I always found when I was younger, there was a certain pressure to live up to a certain expectation, especially coming from football. 
a lot of young lads get a lot of fame, a lot of fortune very young. So there was always that pressure to have nice cars, to have certain clothing, um, to be successful, to have money. Now, I think we all need to paint in perspective that these, obviously, the things that we see on social media, the things that we see out there are always just the highlights. They're always just a little bit of a snapshot of someone's lifestyle and someone's living and, and doesn't really show their true internal happiness and how they're feeling. That's the main thing for me. The main thing for me happy, in terms of success is going to be happiness. So when you're looking at these people who are really successful, who have got a lot of money, you've got to think, are they truly really happy deep down inside? Are they maybe overworked? Do they live this low testosterone lifestyle, but they're um, kind of displayed on the outside, this amazing, brilliant, lavish lifestyle? Um, and is all the, the hard hours the, that they're putting in and their work and the stress that they have, is it all worth it? Um, for the money and the financial game. So um, back to the point about obviously the pressures to be successful, like I said, focus on what in areas in your life really make you truly happy. Is it money? For a lot of people, money is a big thing. Some people are very materialistic and they like to have nice cars, they like to have nice clothes, they like to go on holidays and party quite a lot. For a lot of people, that does make them happy. For me, personally, I like to focus on the smaller things at the little moments and not constantly looking for the... Um, the highs, that money, that party and that holidays, them sort of dopamine hits that you get from them things. Try to try and focus on natural um, things that are a little bit more sustainable in terms of your happiness. So these are things like spending time with family. Does your job allow freedom? Does your, obviously your career allow freedom to spend time with family and do things that you actually enjoy doing or does it suck time away from it? Um, things like for me, it's like, do I have time to walk my dog? Do I have time to go for hikes on the weekend? Do I have time to get a run in? Do I have time to train during the week? Because training for me, obviously being a personal trainer, fitness is a big thing for me. Being an ex-athlete, I've still got that sort of athlete in me. Um, I'm training for a sport called High Rocks in a minute, which requires a lot of training. My happiness is massively dependent on, do I have time and availability to focus my training, my nutrition, everything on that? Because I know at the end, at the end, of, the end of the day, that's what makes me happy. If I'm overworked, if I'm working too many hours, um, if I'm putting a lot of stress on myself and I'm not sleeping right, that's all going to impact my happiness because it impacts my training. It impacts my ability to go and have spend time with family because at the weekend I might need to go and work. Um, so that's one big thing. You've got to look at the big picture of things because realistically, obviously, some people do have, so to say, uh, an advantage in terms of the, the business that they've got, the money that they've got, sometimes they were put in a privileged position at, like, to start off with. So maybe they were born into money, whatever it is. Not to say that everybody who's successful was born into money, but you've got to look at the big picture. Is their scenario the same as yours or similar as yours? And is it a realistic sort of play, a path that you can obviously build yourself up to? Um, so this is why I, I love listening to podcasts about people who are successful, their sort of upbringing. And a lot of the time they talk about their successes came from times where they're focusing on producing say say to like there's a guy george heaton who i really follow i follow quite a lot he's the owner of represent he his biz, business really started booming when he was creating products that he actually enjoyed himself and that he he liked and he wanted to wear he lost his trail of thought he's lost his motivation for his job first of all and it wasn't really he wasn't getting the success when he was trying to focus on putting products out there which he thought were the right thing but he didn't really believe in them himself um, so yeah, back to the point, just try and focus on things that make you happy, try and create a life and a career that makes you happy. Um, and if it isn't a multi-million pound business, driving a Ferrari, living in Dubai, then it doesn't have to be that. For some people, it does want to be that, but obviously you've got to look at the big picture and look at the things that people who are there are sacrificing. People who live out in Dubai, live out in these lavish countries, 
they're probably not seeing family as much. Maybe they struggle with relationships a lot. Maybe they have issues back home that they're trying to escape. That's why they're living out there. Um, so always, yeah, it's, I'm probably often quite a bit on this topic, but um, there is a lot of pressure to be busy, to look busy, to be successful. But realistically, as long as you're ticking the boxes in terms of financially covering covering the uh, basic areas that you need, your mortgage payments, whatever it is that you need to pay for, your food, um, general sort of, living things that you need to pay for as long as you're ticking those boxes and you've still got enough to be able to do things that you enjoy doesn't have to be the expensive stuff then if you're happy doing that that's brilliant like i said success is happiness it's not about achieving certain things you don't always have to be chasing these super super high goals yes it's great to be driven yes it's great to be motivated i'm not saying i don't want people to be driven but there's a certain there's a certain level to it um and they always they always say the quote about earning a certain amount of money once you earn over 50 grand a year your happiness only goes up a small percentage but once you go from 20 to 30 grand you obviously your happiness goes up quite a bit so just look at the big picture of things focus on what makes you happy and hopefully i've got my point across in terms of that i'm going to pause the video because there's someone at the door apologies about that but anyway the next area that i wanted to touch on obviously coming from a health and fitness background uh, is the pressure to be in, in shape and obviously the pressures that social media again can put on people um, i think modern day in the modern day age there is a little bit more of a pressure to look a certain way have a certain physique be able to walk around topless in the summer looking a certain way and obviously women if you're a single man feel like there is a little bit more pressure to to obviously live up to certain standards because of how big the fitness industry and that sort of social media presence has became so one thing i would say to people is how much does actually being in shape really bring value to your life now i had this conversation literally with a client before he's he's in his 50s he's been an ex-athlete ex he's been in really good shape before now he's at a point in his life where he's a businessman he's very successful in business um, and he lives a lifestyle where he's got the flexibility and the freedom the financial freedom to be able to go out for for food quite a bit to go on holiday quite a bit to to kind of in a, in a sense eat really what he wants and kind of live a lifestyle that he wants um, and we had the conversation he was like brendan i don't know like there's a little bit of body fat on that. In my midsection, I could lose a little bit of weight here. Um, he's still in relatively good shape for, for a guy who's 50 years old. He is he's still in very good shape, but he's contemplating, talking to me, saying, Brendan, should I like diet down and stuff and try and get in good shape? Uh, and I was like, right, mate, let's just like look at the, the, the big picture of things. He obviously likes to go out two, three times a week for meals. He likes to have the odd glass of wine, a few drinks on a weekend, a few beers. He does it in a balanced way, so there's no, there's no major, major issues there. But I say to him, is it worth you losing that flexibility and that balance and that being able to go out and have a drink and have a pizza that you had last night? Is it that sacrificing that worth you having a six pack and looking a certain way? And he, he thought realistically, he's like, no, not like not really. But like for him to really get in the dream physique or the dream shape that he wants, he has to sacrifice that that odd pizza that he has on a on a what was it a Tuesday night? He has to sacrifice than one or two pints that he has with his mates on the weekend. But the physique that he's got at the minute, for a 50-year-old, he's in very good shape, he's got a lot of muscle, he's relatively lean, he just holds a little bit of body fat around his chest and around his midsection. We've had the conversation, at the end of the day, we decided, look, it's probably not worthwhile, as long as you're training, as long as he's resistance training, weight training, three days a week, he just goes on his, what? he's got a watt bike at home, he's got access to a gym, he does a little bit of swimming, he walks 15, 20,000 steps a day, he lives a very healthy, active lifestyle, he eats the right stuff, like his breakfast he had, 
three scrambled eggs, some mackerel, avocado on toast, that he had a really healthy breakfast. He's not over consuming calories. He's very conscious about if he does go out for food, he maybe cut down calories a little bit the next day, or he'll just save a little bit of food for that meal. He does a lot of fasting. Um, he does 24 hour fast every so often. So he's very good at balancing everything. So he's not gonna gain loads of weight. Um, but in the big picture, him being super, super in, in great shape isn't really worth him losing all them things because that's what gives him happiness. He likes to go on holiday every so often. Like he just came back from Palmer a few weeks ago and he said like, obviously he enjoyed the holiday food, enjoyed a few drinks, whatever it is, but he did it in a, in a kind of uh, a, relatively, a relatively balanced way rather than over consuming stuff. So he has that balance. It's not worth it's not worth him really getting in shape but if you're someone who does really want to get in shape you've got to look right this is going to take me 12 weeks 16 weeks to really knuckle down cut out alcohol completely it's going to i'm going to be cutting out all the fast food i'm going to be trying to get eight nine hours sleep a night i'm going to be trying to tick all these boxes getting my steps in doing my cardio weight training doing whatever it is having that really strict resilient lifestyle is that worthwhile me getting the results? You've got to think about it. For some people, it's a yes. For me, I like to be very strict and regimented when it comes to I have got a competition in like eight weeks' time, whatever it is. That's me head down focusing, nothing, no crazy socializing things, no going out for food, no definitely no alcohol, all them sort of things. So I, I, for me and my lifestyle, for my personality, that works really well. But for a lot of people, they enjoy that social aspect. That brings them a lot of happiness. Again, it goes back to that happiness thing. What makes you happy? What values in your life really give you happiness? What do you what do you truly value? So look at that and don't don't fall to the pressure of looking a certain way. Um, another thing is people on social media, it's the highlights like I mentioned before. It's a super edited photo or maybe slightly edited photo uh, when they've got a little bit of a pump on after the gym, they're in a hot current, they're a little bit more vascular and they maybe just finished the photo shoot prep. So maybe they did themselves do a 16 week diet or whatever it is and they got in really good shape and they're using those images all the way throughout the year. Not everybody is gonna look amazing every single day of the year. There is the odd fear, I don't know if anybody's heard of Mike Thurston, he's always in great shape, but his lifestyle, his diet, his training, everything is so regimented and he's on it all the time. And it's his job to look in shape at the end of the day. It's not somebody who owns a business's job to look in shape. You can realistically eat whatever you wanted, be in whatever shape you want. As long as that business is successful, then it doesn't really matter. Obviously, there's a line, you want to be healthy, you don't want to be overweight, have too much body fat, um, obviously your blood levels and everything of hormones, um, everything that goes on blood work wise, you want to make sure that they're in check, your health is in check, that's the main thing. But if you're checking your health off, you're eating healthy, yeah, you're training a couple of times a week and you're in average shape, who cares? As long as you're happy, as long as you're, you are healthy, fit, healthy, mobile and able to do stuff, then it doesn't really matter. Again, it's just not putting that external pressure on you because there is an, there is already a pressure out there from social media, from from the, the outside world, especially from my generation. Um, that you just don't have to fall, fall into that trap of having to try and constantly be doing everything. And there will be phases of your year, of your life, where you maybe have to like neglect training for a little bit to focus on business, to focus on family life. You might not have just had a kid. You might not be sleeping in the best. You might not have time to train. Yes, you're going to have to sacrifice the gym for a few months or whatever it is. Um, which is absolutely fine, but then can you pick it back up? Can you pick that routine up? It's just, again, all about health. It's all about focusing on that happiness and focusing on your values again. Um, so that's the main thing and when it comes to that, obviously being in shape and stuff. So that's one of the, one of the things that I see a lot of my clients that have that, like I said, kind of debate with themselves. Is it worthwhile? What can I do to kind of get in this shape or get to a certain level when I can maintain the level that I'm at? I'm just like, right, as long as you're taking this, this and this box, 
as long as we're getting that done as the bare minimum, then I'm happy. If you want to take another few boxes and kind of push things to the next level, then perfect, they're an added bonus. If you want to push the extra few boxes or take the extra few boxes for say eight weeks to get in really good shape, even better. But can we just tick these one or two boxes consistently, like training, resistance training twice a week, trying to get, I don't know, 120 minutes of some like cardio in or 10,000 steps a day and little things like that. Can we tick those boxes? Can we hit our protein goal? Can we just try and get 30 minutes of sunlight a day? If we're doing that, then I'm happy uh, and you'll, you'll live a kind of healthy lifestyle. So yeah, don't fall, fall into the trap of, of the pressures. Um, next one was alcohol. Big, big topic that I've covered a lot on my YouTube channel, uh, a lot of my podcast process. There's a massive issue with alcohol, massive, massive issue. Um, especially from the from coming out of football, there was there's a massive issue with a lot of ex-pros, ex-athletes struggling with alcoholism because of the kind of, well, one, first of all, it's an escape for people. Alcohol is an escape. That's all. That's pretty much all it is. It's a short-term escape from reality. You're obviously not, it just kind of sometimes doesn't feel like you're in your body when you're obviously drinking. You can forget about all your issues. You get that little bit of a buzz. You can kind of express your emotions a little bit more without without thinking too much. It's just completely change your mental um, your mental perception, I guess, of 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 of, of kind of your focus in, in that current moment, that current state. And um, but obviously, like I mentioned, coming out of football, people within football, within rugby, within a lot of sport, alcohol is a big thing uh, in terms of like initiations, in terms of like team nights out. Holidays at the end of the year, alcohol is a big part of it, and some people can deal with it and balance alcohol well. Some people go too far with it, get themselves into trouble, drink too much, party too much, go down routes of drugs, fighting, get themselves into all sorts of bother. Um, but there is a big social pre- pressure within within sport and also within general life to have a drink. Like it gets to a Friday night, there's probably people who work in jobs where you're in a, in a team. Um, you 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 maybe like you go for a team drink somewhere at the end of the week or um, there's a social event on at work and everybody else is drinking and you feel that pressure to join in and drink as well um again it's just not falling into that trap of the pressures of you have to have a drink because it's a social occasion you have to have a drink because you're going out for a meal with your work colleagues um even going back to the eating the last thing just because you're going out for a nice meal doesn't mean that you have to eat something like over excessive you can just have just a standard sort of meal you don't have to have the pizzas and the um, the higher calorie foods or having a dessert just because everybody else is um, yeah people just fall into that trap of because everybody else is drinking I have to drink and everyone always thinks the one the one weird thing which I never got about alcohol was alcohol is one of the only social like, things that drugs out of well it is a drug at the end of the day one of the only drugs that when you don't do it in a social occasion people start asking questions as if like you okay is everything alright why aren't you doing why aren't you drinking um, and I think the modern day society is starting to flip that kind of that, that coin a little bit over to being a bit more acceptable of people not drinking. There's a lot more non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic drinks. There's even alcohol-free bars opening now that I've seen a few, uh, which is great. Obviously, help people who are maybe struggling with alcohol issues to make it feel more societal, like more of a societal, societal norm to not drink. Um, yeah, it's just it's just not feeling like you have to, and I think people need to realise that. There was a lot of issues with alcohol. There's a lot of negative health benefits, really negative health benefits. Um, I think even having like one or two units of alcohol per week increases your baseline cortisol levels, your stress levels. So people who just have them one or two drinks on a weekly basis, their baseline stress levels are already a little bit higher. And if you're someone who's in a stressful lifestyle or exercises a lot, trains to a high intensity, then stress levels are gonna be even higher and it's gonna affect your recovery, it's gonna affect your mood. 
Um, it's going to affect her again, going back to the testosterone, that low testosterone lifestyle. It's going to massively impact that as well. Um, so I think people's perception of alcohol has changed recently, but it's just try not to use it as an escape. If you're using alcohol as an escape from, from work, from stress, from family life, from whatever it is, then you probably need to either find something to replace it or just ask yourself questions. Why am I doing this? Is this, is there a reason why I'm escaping? Is there an, an issue that needs to be resolved and attacked and actually focused on? Um, and one thing that I did, I did six months sober because I was fine. I was just occasionally having the odd drink just for the sake of it. So I wanted to cut that out. Um, I also had a few fitness competitions coming up and I wanted to be quite strict with myself. So for the first time, I did six months sober. And I honestly found it as one of the really, one of the most beneficial things that I've um, I've done again I'm not blabber too much on about it now because I've done a full video in depth talking about what I found about it um, but it was just I was so much more productive my sleep was better I wasn't ill once in six months um, I was just so much more focused with work I was more productive on weekends um, obviously you didn't get any hangovers which was great but I just felt healthy I felt great I felt like my mind was just coming up with ideas I was kind of in a really good zone so I believe trying some sort of sobriety stint or quitting alcohol completely is a great great tool uh, for people to even try um, and obviously there is great memories that I've had with alcohol like holidays family occasions whatever it is and um, so alcohol can be a good enhancer of certain experiences however it can tip people over the edge and I know there's a certain few percentage of people that react differently to alcohol and um, so people who are in that sort of category who are maybe a bit more of an addictive personality and uh, maybe need to step back um, and, and take a step away from alcohol um, but yeah, hopefully that kind of covers the alcohol side of things. So the next area that I, I've commonly seen from talking with with clients, with with men in general, um, especially a, a bit of a like an older, older I'd probably say fifties, sixties. Um, a lot of my clients at that age category is talking about the person they used to be. I see that a lot. I see people looking back at themselves when they're like when they're in the twenties, saying, "Oh, I used to do this, this, that, and the other, but now I'm older, I can't do this." Or especially in the football world, or if you've had a lot of injuries. It could be, oh, I used to be able to do that, but my knee went when I was 25 years old. Oh, I could have been a professional footballer, but my knee went sort of thing. Talking about the person you used to be now, um, yes, it's good to reminisce on things. Yes, it's good to obviously be proud of what, what you used to do, um, but don't let that be an excuse for you not going to do something now. That's what I, I would commonly say to, to people. What's stopping you from going to achieve something now that you can be proud of? Like, what, Why can't you do that? Just because you're older, just because you've got a little bit more restrictions with family life, with with work, whatever it is, doesn't mean that you can't achieve things. And um, you should be, you should definitely be proud of the body that you're in now. You should definitely be proud of the person that you are, and the things that you achieve. Yes, definitely be proud of them, but go and achieve more things. And um, there's 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 no limit on on success. There's no age age limit on success. There's a lot of people who became really successful later in life and things rather than when they were younger. Um, so yeah, it, it does really like upset me and frustrate me when I see people who limit themselves. Um, and maybe they've achieved good things in the past and now they're just happy to settle, um, which is fine for some people. But I think people who do look back on themselves and reminisce a little bit too much and say, oh, I could have been this, I could have been that, do need to give themselves a little bit of a kick up the arse and, and be realistic and be like, you know what? I'm still, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60 now. I've still got plenty of life left in me. Yes, I've got these obstacles. There's a few more obstacles in the way now, injuries, life, whatever it is. Uh, but I can still go and push myself to do something. It might not be... You might not be able to climb Everest if you're if you're sixty odd year old. You might be able to. You might, but you got to be realistic with it. But there's still things that you can go out there and achieve and be proud of yourself. So yeah, definitely don't put any limitations on yourself. Um, next thing, blaming blaming themselves so again. Going back to the health and fitness side, blaming their 
metabolism or their age for not being in shape. Or it kind of links back to the last point um, for like bit blaming them, blaming what however old they are, the metabolism went down for their extra gain of body fat, for them not being in shape, for them not having a certain amount of muscle mass. Um, yes, obviously metabolism does change massively the older that you get. However, you can still do stuff about it. There's a lot of research now showing the benefits of resistance training the older you get for an, for an increase in protein intake the older you get and um, mobility yoga foam roller and stuff and all them sort of things become more important the older you get so if you're someone who um is never really resistance trained in the past or maybe did used to do it when you were younger again going back to that point about talking about the younger self oh i used to be in shape when i was 20 25 years old yes you're 50 60 now who cares you can still be in shape there's Many examples of people who are in their 50s and 60s. One of my really good friends' dad, he's in fantastic shape. He's 55 years old. Um, I've got a client, Colin, who joined, started working with me at the age of 68. He's now 71, 72, and he can deadlift 70 kilograms. He can sit down, stand up, look, he can goblet squat, what, 20, 30 kilograms. Uh, he can bench press 40 kilograms. He, he can do split squats, rear foot elevated splits. He can do movements that a lot of people can't do. He definitely couldn't do them when he was 65, 66 before he seen me. These are all things that he's developed at the age of 70 years old that he previously has never done before. Um, and he's proud of himself. He's proud of the person who he is now. Like he, he looks back at the person he was when he was 20, 30 and thinks, God, I wish I used to do this sort of stuff back then. I could have been in such a better position. Um, so just don't put, like I said, Back to the point about age and limiting yourself. Yes, it becomes harder the older you get, but do not limit yourself mentally. You just if people put, if you start putting that mental block on yourself, um, just because of your age, that's gonna that's just gonna be that restriction that's gonna stop you from progression progressing in all aspects of life. Um, so don't give you don't give yourself that wall in front of you. Get rid of that mental block. It might take a while to get rid of that mental block. You might have to prove it to yourself, or you might have to. Go and see examples of, or look for examples of people who are in your similar position and who have overcame things. That's why I love YouTube. That's why I love podcasts because you hear about people who are in them scenarios and you can see you can see their journey and see like, all right, okay, they've achieved something from the position that I was in one time. Now it's my turn to do it. These are the steps to get to it. Now I've just got to go and attack my goals and go and go and get and go and get it pretty much. So definitely don't limit yourself. Um, and the final thing, obviously, to do with with men's mental health. Men are obviously a lot more prone to keeping things in. Um, it's been great obviously being a one-on-one -on -one PT obviously I do it in a very confined area I'm not in a public gym so it's literally just me and the client in an area they can open up about things they can open up about um, issues they've had at home they can open up about how they're feeling um, which is one thing I'd recommend for any man just try and find someone you feel open to um, for myself content has been a big thing for me just, just putting out podcasts talking about things and people reach out to you and say look I've been in a similar position for you and as you sorry um, and I've kind of this, these are my issues and I really it's great to see that you are in a similar position to me and that you're coming out of it um, and it kind of makes you feel like you've got that connection with someone um, speaking to people who have been through mental health issues they've always said going to see a therapist has been good because it's kind of an, a person who they don't really know so opening up to someone who they don't know has really helped them um, but for men in general definitely these sort of groups that we're, that we're doing now are definitely beneficial just for men kind of um, kind of just communicating and just opening up with their emotions and not being afraid to be vulnerable. That's what men that's what men don't like being. They don't like being vulnerable. They don't like feeling un unempowered or unmanly, as obviously you can't really say that these days. But yeah, just, just, just losing that that feeling of being authoritative and being the alpha. Like it's it's completely normal now to open up about things, to cry, to, to, to talk about these these issues that we have because we're all we're all humans at the end of the day. 
we all have things going on up here and letting them out and sometimes talking about them definitely helps. So there's all the points that I kind of wanted to discuss. Um, obviously, it all links back to that low testosterone lifestyle. They're the main issues that I see in modern day in the, in the modern day man, as, as we'll call it. Um, but it's all to do with not falling under the pressure of trying to live up to certain expectations, making sure you're balancing your lifestyle. Yes, you've got to work hard, but you've also got to have times and periods to focus on the things that make you happy. It doesn't have to be the expensive stuff like holidays. It doesn't have to be them short-term dopamine hits. It wants to be stuff that you can maintain long-term, like getting outside and going for walks, like exercising, uh, like spending time with family, like I love sea dips, I love them sort of thing, the natural highs, all them sort of things are really good um, to kind of put in your lifestyle. I think alcohol is a big issue. Definitely keep cutting that out as limited as much as you can. Um, obviously save it for certain occasions, but all in all, I think alcohol can be a big negative. Um, I think, yeah, overall it is a massive negative. Um, but I want to quickly touch on, before we, we end this video, just the ways around uh, focusing, improving this low testosterone lifestyle. Definitely the first one is going to be sleep. Sleep's the main thing. Trying to get your eight hours sleep or seven, probably more towards seven for people who are really, really busy, seven hours sleep um, each day. Making sure like little, little things like exercising, getting some sunlight early in the morning, they all help. Making sure your room temperature is not set to a too hot temperature. Making sure you're only using your bed for sleeping in. Um, and obviously not try, li trying to limit nap during the day. A little 20 minute nap earlier in the day if you need to, or like a yoga nidra nap, if anybody's heard of them before, they sometimes help. I know Andrew Huberman talks about them quite a bit if you've heard of him. Um, making sure you're limiting caffeine. Overconsumption of caffeine is a big thing, drinking too much coffee, drinking caffeine too late in the day, so probably having a cutoff point at like 12 o'clock minimum. Um, so obviously the caffeine has a half-life of like six to nine hours roughly. So if you have a coffee at 12 o'clock, Eight hours later, roughly, there's still going to be half a cup of coffee in your system, which is again is going to affect your sleep, your deep sleep, your REM sleep, um, and obviously make you not feel as fresh and get a really good deep night's sleep. Um, limiting alcohol again, which I mentioned, that impacts sleep massively, but obviously, all in general, alcohol is going to drop your testosterone levels, it's going to increase your cortisol levels, and all in all, just going to be a, um, a, a negative, a negative more than a positive. Uh, making sure you have some switch off time as well, like I mentioned, having moments in your week, moments in your day where you have a little bit of time for you, whether it is meditation, whether it's doing some yoga, whether it's exercising, whether it's listening to a podcast, reading a book, going for a walk, um, or just, just having some time with, with friends and family, just time to be present in the moment and not be constantly thinking about work. Um, strength training, big thing, that'll massively increase your testosterone levels as well. Um, so many benefits of that in terms of longevity, in terms of uh, neurologically, in terms of your mobility, in terms of your ability to move around when you get older, obviously that all dep um, decreases. You get all your mobility, your movement, your strength goes down the older we get. Um, and there's also a big mental side of just being physically strong and having that posture and having some muscle mass. You feel great, and the feeling obviously after a good session, and um, you get that little bit of a dopamine hit, that little bit of a high after a, a good trade session, uh, and yeah, you just feel great for it. So I'm always a big push for strength training, two or three days a week as a minimum. Um, and obviously adding a little bit of cardio in as well. Fasting is another thing that I've been a fan of, more in terms of calorie restriction, in terms of keeping that calorie con and calorie consumption a little bit lower to help keep your body fat levels a little bit lower. And there's benefits for your digestion, there's benefits I find in terms of productivity. If I just fast in the morning until 12, 1, 2 o'clock, I can just get, get my head down and get loads of work done in the morning, not even think about food. And then by the time it's 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, I can have my first meal. I've already got most of my work done for the day. Um, and obviously I've saved a few calories along the way as well. Uh, getting your blood levels checked if you are struggling 
um, with energy levels, with whatever it is, with hormones, go and get your bloods checked. It's a very easy thing to do to get done these days. There's lots of companies. There's a company called MediChecks, which I use uh, to get my blood levels done um, just to see if there's anything I'm deficient in vitamin-wise, if my testosterone's low, if I'm maybe over overworked, overstressed, see if my cortisol levels are a certain level. Um, so that's a good thing to look into. Cutting out junk food, again, big thing. Try and avoid your fast foods. Try and avoid your processed meats and processed food in general. Making sure you have as many fruit, fruit and veg, good quality protein sources. Um, try and avoid processed carbohydrates. Try and stick to your, just your general oats, rice, sweet potato, white potato. Um, even up in your fats a little bit, getting some avocado in, some oily fish, all them sort of good foods. Um, just cutting out junk food in general. And the last thing is be open to talking through your issues. Men, keep things in. We are we are known to be doing that. We're getting better at it. Um, there's a lot of great people out there who you can listen to podcast-wise. And yeah, just go and seek professional advice is what I would say. But um, that is me. That is me waffling for, for however long. I don't know how long we've been on for. Uh, but hopefully you found this beneficial. Obviously, this is me coming from a younger perspective. Um, a lot of the guys, obviously, in, in, the, in the group will probably be a little bit more experienced in life, a little more experienced business-wise, uh, a lot more experienced life-wise than I am. But I'm 26, um, slowly learning the game, but hopefully, obviously, you, you, you've kind of picked some points up. Uh, if you did enjoy, obviously, any of the conversations, any of the, any of the stuff that I've mentioned, uh, I've got a YouTube, just put Brendan Pearson in. Podcast is Process. Instagram is Brendan Pearson Fitness. Um, feel free to drop me a message and obviously fire any questions away. Um, and thank you, Graham, for inviting me on in the, within the summit. Uh, hopefully, I can maybe do a, a proper talk in the future and we'll, we'll catch up at some point soon. Um, but any questions regarding anything, obviously, just, just drop me a message. Uh, and I appreciate your time as well and listen to me often for a, a bit of time. But yeah, um, have a great day. And I'll obviously be in the group to, um, to answer any questions, like I said.